0: To the televerse Streaming in place. Lucifer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are talking about Lucifer Season 3, Episode 16, Infernal Guinea Pig, and we're very excited. There was literal cheering happening earlier because we're welcoming you back, friend of the show, Latoya Ferguson. Latoya, welcome back, and glad you could join us today.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, listeners. Happy Hold to be on. Here. I feel
0: like
2: I feel like I've gotta do something for Latoya and this references a couple episodes old but here hold on (laughs) slow (laughs) clap never gets old does it it's not (laughs) thank you Allison (laughs) that's oh that's it that's my my (laughs) celebration
1: Latoya
0: how has your season three rewatch been going since the last time we checked in with
1: you um so I have been behind on that because I was busy with other work Mm -hmm. so I've literally watched um city of angels this morning and then i had to jump to infernal guinea pig because i would not have enough time even though i was up it's like i wake up at six anyway so okay
0: so i feel like the, the the main thing we need to know where you're at to to just kind of take the temperature of the room is um to varying levels mostly noel is more chill and allison and i are very eye-rolly we are not on board with uh with amenadiel and linda the way they've been doing it so far how do you feel about this
1: uh, so I'm, I was trying to look through my reviews, um, just to remember where I was. I don't want to like spoil anything, obviously. Um, but one, so Amenadil and Linda, I think it works and just because DB Woodside and um, Rachel Harris are so good. Um, the, I I'm, don't want to call it a triangle, obviously, because I think even early on in my reviews, I was like saying mace's issue with it is not anything based on you know jealousy in terms of like romantic things and uh again I, I said this before um when i was writing about this it kind of frustrated me when people's complaint would be specifically thinking oh she wants deal back or oh does she possibly want linda i'm like that's not what it's about and i don't think the show's ever really presenting it as such but you know you know what pe- how people are going to react <laughs> um so I actually I do like this story, uh, but I don't want to say anything further. And we okay. can talk about it, this stuff in in this episode too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, good. Good to know, and it's good to have more opinions on it because otherwise, it, I'm just going <laughs> to repeat myself.
1: Okay. Should I? Uh, I was going to say, should I also mention anything from the past episodes I've missed? Please. Sure. I mean, really, all all I have is that. Um. So in my review for My Brother's Keeper. Uh, I literally wrote a bullet point list of all the ways that, um, Ella's brother Jay is a fucking idiot. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Can I I, I recite those those ways? So, um, so I wrote the biggest problem with Jay isn't that he's secretly a criminal. It's that he's an idiot. Um, it's one thing for Ella to realize her older brother isn't the saint of the family. It's another for the audience to realize, even if she doesn't, just how off the mark that is. So first point is he loses his wallet at the scene of the crime. He, he goes into hiding and doesn't think to call his LAPD employed sister for help he doesn't want Ella to know the truth about his work but once she finds out he can ask for immunity in exchange for helping out the investigation he doesn't and based on the conclusion to this he wouldn't have needed immunity because he didn't actually do the diamond cleaning though he does obstruct a lot of justice he doesn't understand how doors and vantage points work (laughs) he points a gun at a cop refusing to believe his sister would be able to help him he knows which hotel the murderer Don is staying at and doesn't tell anyone he believes Don when he says his phone died (laughs) yeah yeah, definitely. He's an idiot. But, but also, Ray Valentin, who plays him, is a delightful human being. And back in, in my day as an assistant, um, an agency, uh, I, work, like, I worked for his commercial agent, and he's a delightful human being.
0: Very good to know. Yeah. And uh,
1: just as a reminder to listeners, go back and read
0: Latoya's reviews, because they're great, and they're super yeah. fun. Yeah. I
1: mean, uh, my review for this episode uh, says it ends with a reverse Meet Joe Black,
0: which it does. <laughs> It is a reverse mutual back.
2: If we're lo- doing a love fest on Latoya's reviews, I once again want to encourage people to read the Riverdale re- review where she quits re- reviewing Riverdale as she's <laughs> writing it. It's, it remains one of my favorite pieces of writing on the internet. Um, it's it's a great way of letting people know what it feels like to slowly lose your mind. Um, <laughs> thumbs up. It's Thanks, really, Halsey. really good. It's really good. I'm not joking. It's a very, very good review that makes me laugh every time I think about it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there because that doesn't have anything to do with Lucifer.
0: Well, Kina points out we should probably actually, for anybody who's a newer listener, tell them. Where they can find that review, and of course, that's at the AV Club in the TV Club section. So, yes, we—I mean, I assume everyone listening knows who we are, but I shouldn't do that because that's stupid. So, and I've uh, never written for them, so yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I think we need to go. The start—we can even start with that ending because the question was posed yesterday, because um, I said, mentioned how excited I was for this episode's guest star. Um, and Noel said, well, of course this is when Manzoukas shows up, right? And I yeah. said, you know what? I think this is the one time that I prefer the casting over than if they had cast Manzoukas. And of course I'm speaking here about the delightful Lauren Lapkus and, and how, how excited I was when she showed up and just the idea of who should we get to play Abel? Lauren Lapkus. Uh, so we Noel and Alison, were you as delighted as
3: I was? I'll let Allison go first because I knew that this that, that this was who it was. So
2: yeah, I um I loved it. It was I love when there's a casting choice that you never in a million years could have predicted, but it just seems perfect the second you get what's happening. And when she was laying down, I I thought, oh my god, is that Chelsea Peretti? Um, which you know they share a certain resemblance, uh, especially if you're just looking at this part of their face, like here. Hereish, yeah. like roughly. Listen to how she's
0: gesturing. Don't worry. About it. Um, uh,
2: <laughs> and um, and I feel like this is even better uh, because it, it's re- a really, really good performance. Uh, it's really funny, and she does a nice. Her physicality is great. Um, but I just never in a million years would have predicted it. I, I, it's one of those conversations I would have loved to listen in on when they were breaking the character, when they were talking about who might play it, when they called in the casting department when they called her agent, however it happened. I think it was really... um, I just would have loved to overhear that. It was really inspired.
3: Noel, was it uh, what you anticipated? Oh, it was so good. Like, my partner had prepped me for it a little bit in terms of, like, it's just really, really funny. It's really great. Um, But she didn't give me, like, a lot of details about it. So I was not expecting, as Allison mentioned, like, Lafkus' physicality throughout the entire episode is just ridiculous and even if it's sort of like the same beat over and over again it's still really funny just watching her man spread throughout every single scene that she's in and it's just like yeah this is really good but also like vocal line delivery of a lot of stuff of uh, it's just obviously abel thinks he's god's gift and lord Latkis just taps into that real hard and it's really, 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 really good. I mean, just walking up to a bunch of ladies and saying, You get to have my seed it's just like, Oh god. Can't deal with this. Also, how do you not know you're in a lady's body? Yet. Yeah. Uh latoya how was
1: it for you revisiting? Um, so I definitely enjoyed I, I enjoyed that episode when it aired. Uh I enjoyed it more, uh, uh based on looking at my review. I'm like I gave it a B, I'm like wow, I must have hated this episode, <laughs> as, as, as we know commentators Well, you're sounding like a commenter there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, I must have just thought this was the trashiest episode ever. <laughs> um, but I'm like, like, you know, this is a really good episode. And I was struck again, like, Lauren Lapkus is a really good actor, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we know this, obviously. Um, I read my review that, like, at first you might think, well, that's a strange casting choice. But really, Abel feels like one of Lapkus' improv characters. Um Hmm. And like, I even put like possibly one in the titular characters you would see. Um, but she is not even just good at, you know, the comedic elements of it. She's great at the physicality, as Noel said, like just the moment um, when, you know, Abel's so happy that he killed Cain and then Cain pops up and he's so terrified because he's like, just like, just make it quick. That's yeah. really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's like the way that she's able to flip that, especially since we've just seen it will kind of be kind of like a joke. This entire episode, that moment is so good. And I also think this is a very integral um, episode for, I think just the larger story. And I even you know in my review, this is kind of like the turning point for Kane, even though it's in small ways where you realize like, because obviously the loose head of of all, you guys have talked about that a lot, but This is kind of where you realize, you know, something's not right with this guy. Something's really off with him. Like, just the moment where he's talking to Lucifer, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to hell because I feel no guilt. Like, you can just see, like, a little uh, twinge from Lucifer, like, okay, (laughs) you don't feel any guilt? Um, Don't you think you should? Just a little. Yeah, it's when you realize (laughs) this guy has had (laughs) millennia to think, like, to, to obsess over wanting to die. And to just that—that's all he cares about now. So, uh, he sh- we should probably be worried about Kane. Just, just you know, we should probably be a little bit worried about Kane.
0: <laughs> For me, the left kiss moment that that stuck with me, um, besides just the general physical, like the lean back and the the open hips and all of that, was great. But, um, I really love in this episode how they incorporate the 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 case of the week into the other stuff, and the the moment we get between Lapkus and Helfer I think is really terrific, and just the it's like just a quiet line reading about oh, I'm not going back to hell, so you know like th- this can't possibly be what I've you know i and there was a good variety in pro performance, and a lot of performers I think would have underplayed or overplayed the comedy. Um, and she balances it just right throughout, so that's both a compliment to the performance, but also the writing and the direction too. Because um, yeah, it's 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 really funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's also I think part of why I appreciate this episode more. And I think um, when I recently watched it, obviously I feel like just based on her acting, you can tell who the actual bad guy is immediately. In the case of the week, mm. uh, it's like very obvious. Um, and I think. I kind of knocked the episode down originally because of how weak um, the case of the week was. Even though I even noted, like, at this point, Lucifer's not even trying to pretend. But I think I appreciate the story, the whole story, better this time around. Even though it was still very obvious, like, the producer did it. Because it's always the producer. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, all the things, it's like... Oh, my assistant, you know, has only can access this like file That's cabinet. That's how that works. And, like, <laughs> my, my assistant was the one working with a drug cartel. Come on.
0: <laughs> Come on. Well, for me, I was very much connecting everything with Abel to the case of the week. But I guess that they are, those are separate, they are different things. Yeah. Because, so, I mean,
1: so... yeah, the case of the week, like in terms of character, was mostly about Chloe, like worrying that Pierce, um, is like stealing Lucifer from her, basically, and it was during all that that I realized, oh, a, a much better love triangle is like Lucifer caught in between Chloe and Kane. Yeah, like that's a much better love triangle. Yeah, and yeah, I was definitely. like, I, I wish we could have this and we could have the Toms kissing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like kind of took a moment.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean. I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but as a teacher, certainly, I've had experiences like where you, like, I put so much work into fixing this student Mm -hmm. and, like, all of their, all of the things they kept doing wrong. And, you know, and then now, like, there have been times when, like, students leave the studio and that's an appropriate thing, that that's, like, the right thing for them. And there are times when they just, they, either they, they stop or, like, I had this one student who stopped and was like, but you're so good <laughs> and you want to go do flags. That's why you're stopping violin to
1: <laughs> do flags.
0: Okay. Kate, mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but which is fine because it's her life. You know, it was her life. It was uh-huh. her choice that she's got to do what makes her happy, but mm-hmm. also, I put in all this work, and <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> The, the 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 marching band just twirls their little flags um so i could relate with some of that i thought that they handled
1: that well uh it's like the episode of happy endings where um penny improves uh ryan hansen's character and he like finally stops being a scrub and then he like ends up getting engaged to someone else because mm-hmm. she made him so good mm-hmm.
2: yeah mm-hmm Uh, It's like the first long-sleeved, sequined crop top with small sequined shorts that comes along and the violin just isn't so appealing anymore. (laughs) That's... I... I don't know if that's what flag teams are still wearing, but that's my memory from high school. Um, you know what I appreciated about this case, case of the week and about Latoya's point about that triangle being more interesting is, I it was really fun watching Chloe do the Lucifer thing of making the case of the week all about her personal bullshit. Like that scene where she was like, "Well," and then maybe someone just comes in and takes her assist, and I was like, "Oh, okay, we're doing this, huh?" I'm enjoying this. Um, so I thought that was a really fun dynamic, and it was it was fun watching Dan understand what was going on while Lucifer remained totally clueless (laughs) as usual, but in a new way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I just, I thought that scene in particular was a, a fun little way to sort of dust up a dynamic that, that works, but which is very familiar. And in this case it was the same. It was just all the pieces were moved around.
3: Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Dan has a
0: good amount of distance, with like again, there's been enough time between between now and and Chloe and his breakup. So his his distance and perspective has been just given us a lot of really great Kevin Alejandro moments of wat of reacting to them. yeah sure Lucifer that's uh
1: that's what you're this is about okay <laughs> and when uh, Dan <laughs> yeah. basically runs away to do the, the case because he's like I don't want to deal with what all of this is <laughs>
3: <laughs> leave me out of this I'm gonna go get some yogurt and some pudding yeah. just leave me alone. <laughs>
0: It's It's been very, very nice to have that bit of audience surrogacy, because we used to get some of that with Ella, but I feel like it's, uh, Dan's been a much more reliable source for it, uh-huh. and so the, him watching Chloe in this episode and reacting was just
1: very fun. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I would say, I also love Dan's continued love of terrible movies. It's the plunge. <laughs> the plunge. Dude, it was really fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh I like the, all, that all we get about it is, what is it, it's a, a jock, a nerd, and a princess. Yeah. Save the world or something like that, and especially coming right off of the high school poppycock, Um and what was the, what was the year? I don't even remember what the year 3001. was. <laughs> 3,001. 3,001, um, and all of that. It's nice to see that kind of pop up with different characters. I think a lot of shows would be like, well, we just kind of did that, so we're not going to do it here, and... No, I, I'm here for the terrible movie posters. I was thinking of you, Latoya, when I saw some of the terrible Aww. movie posters. I was like, I wonder if they sent her that one.
1: <laughs> um, the body bags is still better. I only have the the one terrible movie poster, and I will <laughs> cherish it forever. Body bags, three forever, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, then let's check in
0: um, with. I like by the. I also like the digression with was it the Z prophecy or whatever. It was <laughs> mm-hmm. like surprisingly not about zombies. It was the right like the right length. It was like just enough to just be kind of fun. Um the the in my house we were all yelling like why are they still stand like knock him over there's a sight <laughs> on his forehead
2: yeah, um anyways. knock
0: him over when we like, when we got to
2: that scene my partner my partner went duck <laughs> duck It's like this is so weird why is she just letting that ride like no it's it's a sniper <laughs> slowly turns around I was like what the hell <laughs> chloe no! That's your that is your baby's daddy.
0: You got to be on it. Save that life. Save that life. No. So weird. Yeah, Keenan agrees yeah it was very strange um okay so that's that corner of things uh what did you how did you guys feel about what we got with lucifer and pierce or kane throughout this and lucifer's kind of trajectory for i mean i think it connects in with what we were seeing in the previous episode with his nightmare at the beginning of the previous episode and him coming to terms with some of his fears and concerns around that um what did what did you yeah how how did you feel about where we end up and how we got there
3: on a plot level, I really appreciate that Lucifer's whole plan is trying again to find loopholes in the whole theology, whole God's plan type thing, which is just pure Lucifer. Of wait, no, if we just bring him back, you you didn't murder him anymore, and it's just like that's. It's not how any of this works, but yes, let's try it. I mean, it's kind of a good plan.
1: Yeah. And at least uh, (laughs) Lucifer drawing stick figures again. Oh, God.
3: Why were they having that meeting in the police station? (laughs) Why were they having (laughs) a tug of war with a pet rock? I'm just like why why are you having this why are you having this conference in this room where there's a lot of glass um <laughs> that anyone can see. Um
0: but well though yeah. in his defense it's very hard to decipher what some of those yeah. no,
3: figures are. Yeah, it's Super were. true. It's super true. So He
2: also covered the most indicting one with the white paper. <laughs> uh, like I love that he was like this needs a reveal and just like covered it up. So at least before they were in there cuz I assume he did this overnight.
1: Yeah. Left- this took him it, hours this took right? him hours to do absolutely really hard
2: multiple colors of dry erase markers like he had to get it done and then covered up the big reveal for his presentation um so at the very least the cleaning staff wouldn't see him flying down to hell so there's yeah. that
3: so i think it all works really well and then like it also represents like a legitimate glimmer of hope for kane because it's like the one thing he couldn't try since you can't go to hell, you can't get Abel back and all this sort of stuff. So I think it, like, the sheer possibility of it working is enough to, like, propel them both forward. And I really, really, really enjoy how that interplay ends up working between the two of them. Of I'm fulfilling my end of the bargain. You're giving me hope. I still have hope so long as Abel doesn't get hit by an ambulance. <laughs> Abel just got hit by an ambulance. No <laughs> But we also got Tom Welling to say the word asshat in this episode. So that was also a major win, I feel like, for all of us as a society. Um, <laughs> so I think it works really well. But by the end, like I really like this concept of him just kind of needing to give up. And I'm really curious about the ramifications of that going forward. About what does this mean if getting my brother back wasn't going to be enough? What does this mean for me as a immortal ever-living, ever-resurrecting being. What happens to me? What can I do? Should I just start settling down? I think I'll just start settling down. Maybe get a cabin somewhere. Or a farm in Kansas. I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Become a lumberjack.
0: It's a good uh, play with the, well, you're gonna give me wings, I'm gonna use them. Mm -hmm. So, you know. And, And it's the first time we've seen him, I think, Intentionally use yeah. his wings. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's a that's a pretty significant choice, uh, you know, by the character as well. So, yeah, this is there's a lot. I mean, I, of course, I remember this episode, and I remember it fondly, but I I didn't remember all all the things that connect through to some of the other stuff. I remembered. Lauren Lapkiss being delightful. Um, so yeah, okay, let's see, what else do we have going? Oh, I wanted to ask you guys about uh how do you feel about this, which is I think the clearest bit of theology we've gotten from the show in quite a while. Uh and this notion you, know, you were talking about how Abel feels very um confident and uh just very sure that everybody likes him who's interested in him. Uh what do you think about this uh rewrite or is it of Abel as someone who was not all that great and was like a mama's boy or whatever so was favored but like was actually actually deserves to be in hell and was just as much of a problem as Cain that's I think one of the more significant departures from established Judeo-Christian theology that we've gotten so far
2: well, one of the things that I enjoyed about it is that some of that is called into question, right? Like, certainly, because we get to to watch Lauren Lapkus do her thing, we get some sense of who he is and what he's about, but we also don't know how much his experience over the past several millennia in hell have changed him, right? He's become a polygod, too, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because he thinks he's in hell this entire time, too. Yeah. And yeah, he,
2: like we know for sure he's changed because of what Maze tells us. And so we're not sure how much he's changed. And the person we have telling us this information about Abel is Kane yes. uh, which is a good way for me to once again, steal Noel's gig and say that I enjoyed Tom Welling in this episode, um, specifically. And again, I think it's just cause they gave him shit to do other than like, I'm square jawed and mysterious with large arms. Um, and and it was be really petty and like yeah. and vindictive and snotty and kind of hyped up about like which corpse his brother was going to inhabit <laughs> it was like he was go it was like he was shopping for a gag gift but like really meanly um it was re- the color on that was really fun and engaging so um so yeah so the point is i think it's interesting uh because it is telling that story from this other perspective. And also, of course it's more complex than what we would have read in the Bible. Right. Right. Like, of course, if it really happened, they would have been complex people. um, Presumably.
1: So yeah, thumbs up from me. Mm-hmm. yeah so Maze calls um Abel caveman Lucifer basically and like <laughs> they they know they show that he's very like lecherous but he also believes in consent like he even mm-hmm. he says that line to Medial, he's like doesn't know still mean no here which that's that's a very good thing which allows kind of, kind of like the Lucifer thing it allows him being like kind of a creep to work because like he's not gonna like, do anything really untoward he's just gonna look like a fool obviously because he's in Lauren Lapkus's body um and as for uh, the cane of it all, I actually really want to note it. Like, again, this goes to what I was saying, how the, all the pure stuff before the reveal is like, I think still clearly a directional choice um, because you can see um, Petty Kane with Lucifer. And like, it's subtle, but like the transition when uh, Chloe enters the room and he, how he goes into Lieutenant Bland territory again. Um, but really, this is a, a petty guy who, you know, hates his brother, 1000 plus infinity plus one. <laughs> So, it's like a little difference, but i i I think I Tom Welling definitely plays like Kane well, like my main issues cause I know Kate, you've been having issues with the Love triangle, and I feel like I barely even think about it like until um I'll just say the next episode, and from then on, that's when I have my issues because that's when we also get into the span of how long is all of this taking place in uh and, and the confusion of all of that but um i this is why i i like tom welling as kane because i kind of like the idea of him just being he's petty he's very selfish as you see like all of this stuff like at the end with him quote-unquote uh, reconciling with his brother it's like while abel is like truly feeling his brother's pain of being on his hell on earth and he's still like obviously afraid to truly reconcile with him because like to him that's the face of my torturer um, with Kane and his whole, like, yeah, I feel bad for you too. Like, he doesn't feel bad for him. He's just like, well, hopefully I can figure out a way to get rid of my Mark with my brother being around. Like, he's not a good guy.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's even, like, shown more here, like, um, with Chloe almost getting blown up. Who's first worried about Chloe getting blown up? Pierce is, uh, afraid of Abel getting blown up because that fucks him over. That, that's what the issue is. Um, so and I think yeah I think this episode really starts you get, you get to see the kind of guy Kane actually is, whereas like obviously he got some petty stuff with like his fight with Amenadiel. and but like now you get to really see and that's why I I feel like they dragged out the Pierce thing for so long. If we had gotten earlier as as early as we possibly could have, uh, it wouldn't have gotten so frustrating with the Lieutenant Bland of it all because I think his performance as Kane is very interesting. I gotta jump in with um.
0: When I was talking with my parents about the, uh, the amenadiel Cane fight, after we recorded, my mom described it as a monster truck rally of a fight, and I was like... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this the other day? Because I would have used it on the podcast. Because it is that dumb and loud,
1: and like that's the joy of it is like that. It's yeah. It's just a it's just a monster truck rally. It's so- just uh, the hunks. Which congratulations to Lauren Lapkus for get, getting to work with the hunks of the show.
3: <laughs> all the hunks, oh. all the time.
1: Oh, um. poor. Come on, at Kevin Alejandro. Come on. <laughs> He's the one hunk missing, but still, she got she got some hunky hunk. I'm just saying, let's give some love to He's to also, Dan.
0: like, h-
2: hunkette isn't right, but, like, he's the, <laughs> like, the li- like the hink. Because he's the, he's, like, the light hunk. It's
1: because like, he's, a, he's a shorter man he's the than the other hunk. three, I will say that. The pocket hunk, yeah, that works. Pocket yeah. hunk,
3: there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, my question, I guess, for the three of you, then, is because Abel's been in this hell for... Proto Hell, the infernal guinea pig. Um what is his guilt then?
0: See, that's the thing the thing that is missing from from this episode and from our conversation so far yeah. is yes, we can't trust Kane's what Cain Kane is saying about Abel necessarily yeah. and 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 Abel's been very shaped by his experiences and being tortured over and over and over in hell, but why does he feel he deserves that? Right.
3: Like is it yeah, is it just that he actually legitimately feels like he did deserve to get killed? And yeah, I'm like... his guilt over whatever it was that
1: caused Cain yeah. to kill him. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so I mean, clearly he thinks he do, he belongs in hell, right. even though he hates it. So that leads lends some credence to what Cain is saying, though obviously through a delightfully petty lens.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was like trying to work out during the episode when, especially after you mentioned the theology Kate, I was just like, wait, so but if he's in hell, why is he in hell? And still, I I (laughs) think it being his guilt over whatever he did to to cause
1: Cain killing him also uh, kind of falls in line with him even feel like feeling bad for Cain too. Yeah, Uh, he definitely, unfortunately, for him has more empathy than his
3: brother. So he gets to go straight down to hell. He mm. he does, but he's also very very excited when he thinks he's killed his brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah, boy, yeah,
3: yeah. Laura is so good at acting.
0: There's a strong sense of like, I finally beat the this level. I've been stuck on this level <laughs> totally. for so long. Yep. And this boss always gets <laughs> me with the second fireball. And yeah,
2: that is exactly <laughs> what I thought of. Was yeah. like it was a, a video game that she's been playing for millennia um that she finally beat. Uh,
0: but mashing just right. Right?
2: Like I it was just it was really great. I you know I think I guess I've been
1: just sort of assuming that no one gets into heaven in a kind of good place in way. <laughs> but I feel like it's uh, not that dystopian uh, we're we're dealing with in the show. Okay. Well, yeah.
2: Maybe. Are, people I, go if, to heaven,
1: don't worry. I, was,
2: I mean, people have to go to heaven because Jesus is a thing that exists. Shut up about Jesus, Noel. <laughs> if,
1: Just if, if your
2: torture is created by you and you can leave at any point you want, then the people who go to hell would be the people who think
3: they deserve to go there? Maybe? That's basically, like, the implication, I think. Um, yeah. And it... Almost. Even if they they say they don't, obviously like the Carlisle
1: thing we talked about right. before, they yeah, like, as much as they somewhere. yeah, even if you bury it deep, like it's still deep, like even deeper down, like you know the truth,
3: yeah. And so then, it's the, the, the ones who
1: rationalize the most, basically. Right. I didn't do anything wrong, so yeah. So
3: only the
0: supremely confident have a shot at getting into heaven. Well, but what we've already seen.
1: Well, no, I feel what like the Lucifer opposite of supremely confident, like. though. I'm oh, sorry. sorry, Allison, but I, was, I feel like it's the opposite of supremely confident, because the supremely confident are so the like, I'm not going to hell, and, you know, that's where they go, whereas, like, just be a decent person, and maybe don't dwell on it, and you'll go to heaven.
0: Well, the don't dwell on it part, though. I don't
1: like don't think about it. Happened.
3: Yeah. No, it's in the song oh, no, the entire it. time. <laughs> that's how you get into heaven. Don't overthink it.
0: Oh, man. Um. Okay, well, we are running long, but we have to talk about Charlotte before we wrap
1: up. Trisha Elfer, we're Trisha her goddamn running. Emmys.
0: So she's really good. I really liked the, the Linda and Charlotte scenes. That's all I have. Anyone else have thoughts I on that? I
1: love that she wants
3: to win at therapy because I mean I mean, I mean that's that's how you go into therapy sometimes oh, at first. For sure. You go, I'm gonna beat I'm gonna beat therapy, by which you mean I'm going to beat myself into submission. And it's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Charlotte, in theory, Charlotte Richards could beat therapy.
1: But uh, <laughs> like maybe the Charlotte Richards who is not missing part of her memory. Which, that, that's the thing that sucks. That she's not missing part of her memory. She just wasn't there. Her yeah. body was possessed and she was down in hell. So there's nothing she can do about that. And obviously she doesn't know that Linda knows that she was in hell. So they're kind of working with all that. But then by the end, obviously... She talks about her hell loop, which is really gnarly, by the way. Yeah, that's just brutal. That is a hell loop. Damn.
2: Yeah, Linda is, um, as always, really great. Keenan says, I really like the therapy scenes from this episode. Dr. Linda is so wise and comforting. And I agree. Um, You know, even if she does sort of in a, hey, I'm familiar with how this goes, I've treated Lucifer kind of way, rush to the part where she's like, by the way, is it maybe something like this? Is it it, maybe kind of like like, a loop?
3: Is it like... (laughs) Hmm, hmm, maybe? Can we just skip to slightly the end? So yeah. we can just move on a little bit because here? Because I don't want to do metaphors again. I did two yeah. seasons of metaphors. And I'm going <laughs> to
2: say something that I think is innocuous. You're going to take the wrong lesson from it and rush out the door before I can stop you. Kayak, kayak, kayak.
1: <laughs> but don't worry, so, Abel will
2: help you figure it out. Yeah, oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think that Trisha Helfer was really wonderful in those scenes, and, and so was Rachel Harris. Uh, and it was... I think very delicately handled and God,
1: what a nightmarish loop, just really awful. Um, Which again, living at Charlotte Richards, she wasn't, she's like, well, you know, I'm just doing my job. So I, I feel no guilt, but obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, and as Noel says,
2: sometimes that's with her beating therapy. Sometimes that's how you just go into therapy. And I felt very, not quite as, um, <clears throat> it me as the books, <laughs> but I felt very like, oh, right, because sometimes part of the reason you go to therapy is because you think of yourself as a machine that just needs to be repaired when you're talking about your feelings <laughs> um, and like how you process your emotions, yeah. uh, which is not how it works. So um, I appreciated that scene a
3: lot. Um, one quick question before we wrap up. How did deal find Abel at all? Like, I don't understand how that worked. <laughs> <laughs> he's been um
1: following he says he's been following Lucifer, and he's just a better tracker than Lucifer, because Lucifer was like he listens to Maze and he's like following okay, the to to strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> and
3: uh, <laughs> Also did Tri- Trixie definitely made Maze that box for keeping all her singles in, right? Trixie made that box, right?
0: <laughs> I was gonna ask whose money was that. Are we certain it
1: wasn't Trixie's money? <laughs> I mean, I assume it. Like, though, it
3: it, it is Maze's
1: money. She's, like, what is she doing with her money from bounty hunting? Probably nothing. It's not like yeah. she has to pay for drinks or anything because of Lucifer,
3: she has to give it to Trixie for writing, drawing, making all those drawings, to making hide the alien wall yes. <laughs> <Wall
1: holes. laughs> but yeah, Emilio was following Lucifer, so he probably saw um kane i mean, sorry abel and then just followed him from the hospital
3: i guess but he knew it was Abel too so
1: yeah he's been he's been following and probably oh god i want to see i'm gonna little bugging the penthouse it's a scene where he's like putting little bugs all over the place putting them under the bed what do you think dad
2: is this a good place for a bug yeah i think <laughs> so too
1: Yep. That could either be
0: really funny, like, he could either be really good at it, or just really bad at it, and it will be really funny. Putting it,
2: like,
1: right on the TV where you can see There's it? It's
0: just a microphone.
2: <laughs> I mean, based on the way this season is going, I would guess he'd be really bad at it, because he's really bad at everything but romancing Dr. Yeah. Linda.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. look at him. Again, I, I The episode I watched right before this was City of Angels, so, like, uh, shirtless DB Woodside is, like, in my head, <laughs> which is also, like... Um, so this past weekend, uh, we were watching um, the Buffy series finale for my friend's uh, podcast, Slayer Fest 98, uh, for the anniversary. And uh, Jimmy Woodside's like, so tiny. He's so
3: tiny. He's, like,
1: half half the size he is now. He's, he's, so, he's very attractive, but, like, he's so tiny. So now I was like, oh, he- hello. Hello, Mr. Woodside. Uh, but, yeah, I just uh, imagine, like, the rest of the development bit where, like, there's a boom mic that shows up in the shot. Like, that's a minute deal. Yep. Yep.
0: Well, do we have any final thoughts on this episode? And uh, Keaton, uh, Scotty, and Marcus, if you have any
1: thoughts, drop them in the chat. I actually have a question, Kate, for you. Mm-hmm. What do you? Because yeah. I know, obviously, you are not a bland fan. Well, which <laughs> makes sen- which makes sense because Pierce, like Pierce, the character, like intentionally sucks. Yeah. But also, yeah. How do you feel about Tom Welling's acting uh, in this episode?
0: Well, when they let him do things, it's better. He's not good at (laughs) Mysterious. And and he's not, yeah, well, it's because there's not a character there Mm. in the earlier episodes. I've really enjoyed him being a character. Which is
1: why I say it's also intentional, though, because, like, when you see what, like, Kane is actually like, it's like, oh, okay. He's, like, putting this on. Yes.
0: And he's not a good actor. Kane is not a good actor, and when you don't know any better, it just translates as Tom Welling is not a good actor mm-hmm. and, because you don't have any other information to you know to, to compare it with. Mm-hmm. And some actors are can really do that mysterious thing, enigmatic thing, really, really well. And I don't think that is Welling's strength. I think he's better at some of the comedy. He's mm-hmm. whenever they let um, him be either exasperated. Or petty, he's he's much, much better. He's much more entertaining. And it, it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. But I also don't think what we've seen so far, what we've gotten so far of Kane as a character does not make any sense to me from the little bits of information we've been given. Mm-hmm. I don't think it track. I don't get any sense that he's actually lived forever. I don't think they've earned that besides just telling us that it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in the performance aside from a general wanting to be dead and being bored. Um, and I don't feel like there was enough thought put into that. And so most of that is in the writing mm-hmm. for me, but, um, then it, without the writing to, without more to go off of that really limits what your actor can do. And some actors can just do a lot with that and, and, and fill in the gaps and, and find other interesting things to do. And some actors are not going
1: to be able to transcend that. And so that's where I think Welling's been stuck. Mm-hmm. I will say, cause I, 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 I don't quite agree with you but like obviously Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter (laughs) yeah Yeah, so yeah yeah but i will say i don't that's that's the actual issue i think um i don't think he was supposed like told to play pierce as mysterious like just straightforward boring is what i think but because we know what the show is and that there has to be a twist that's why we kind of read it like well he's supposed to be playing mysterious even though that's not the case you know And that's Mm -hmm. where I think like the issue comes in for at least for the, the, the quote unquote pierce of it all pre Kane reveal, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, but for me, it's not even that. It's like because then when you're watching it, we're watching a TV show. So if a character is boring, it doesn't make sense unless that is supposed to be mm-hmm. the point of it. Because we wouldn't be spending time with it. Because no
1: one on the show is boring. That's why.
0: Because no one. On this, well, because we we don't watch boring characters on TV unless it's a comedy like that's making that. Unless it's what we do in the shadows, and that's what they're doing with Colin
1: Robinson, right? Like unless there's a reason. He's no for Captain boring, Holt. Basically, he's no Captain Holt. <laughs> and so <laughs> I wish you were Captain for, Holt.
0: Oh my god, it'd be so much fun. Captain
1: boring. Holt uh, Lucifer Chloe um love triangle. That's the show.
0: <laughs> I would sh- I would ship I would ship a Captain Holt Chloe Dynamic much more than every, anything we've gotten. Here, you
1: so. talk about her heavy boobs. Or <laughs> <Her> large <laughs> pendulous. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um uh Keenan says um. Uh, he's he's not a mysterious brooder. It's just not in his wheelhouse. I enjoy him a lot more interacting with Lucifer and Maze,
1: less so with Chloe and Dan, and I, I agree. Yeah, he um, just means Dan. And while Dan technically deserves it, uh, we don't acknowledge uh, Palmetto Dan.
0: the show keeps bringing it up. Keenan also says, I also think brooding Lucifer and brooding Bland work together. We need chaotic... Uh, don't think they don't work together. We need chaotic, rascal Lucifer and bewildered Bland to get the scenes to work. And yeah, I think those scenes work a lot better for me. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, okay. but I know that you are you are much more on board. I mean, I I'm not like much more on board. I'm just like, oh yes, you are, because I am restraining myself. I know. I, oh yeah,
1: because yeah, you are. Just restraining yourself, actually, uh, but like, there's no
0: spoilers. Again, my issues we'll like
1: get there. My issues with it like really start next episode. Um, oh, uh, that's great. I again, I just would to know how long everything is taking place in. How many weeks, yeah. months? A this? few weeks. I just you'll you'll understand when we. You you'll understand. we we'll get there. <laughs> but get it. yeah, I, I, what was I gonna say? It was it was based off the the chaotic Rascal Lucifer. Okay, uh, yes, uh, I like that. Um, it's like the past few episodes before, like the past couple episodes before this one. I think Lucifer kind of sees himself in Cain, and it's like this episode where he was like, "Oh no, we are nothing alike. Uh, you're kind of you're you're driven. <laughs> you're driven in a different way." <laughs> Fair
0: enough. So, Noel Allison, any final thoughts?
2: Um, I'm interested in what this says about the Lucifer-Chloe dynamic but also in sort of Lucifer's general evolution in a way that has nothing to do with his wings or his devil face. Um... (laughs) So I'm, yeah, I, I, I like the final beat of the episode pre ambulance quite, I mean, the ambulance is also the meet gosh, Joe Black moment, right? Yeah. Shocking and funny and, um, and all of those things, yeah, with but, the fake out and then the, yeah, but the, um, but his decision I think is really interesting, uh, especially given what we learned about Pierce in this episode. So, um, so I'm intrigued in that and what happens with that moving forward.
0: Okay. Well, then that will wrap up our conversation about Season 3, Episode 16, Infernal Guinea Pig. And tomorrow we'll be back to wrap up weekend uh, weekend with uh, Season 3, Episode 17, which is Let Pinhead Sing! Which, I don't... I, I know what the case of the week is, and I don't remember, it, like... I don't remember it particularly fondly, and I don't. Oh, it's going to bring your frustration to like even more. Yeah, uh, and I, <laughs> I don't remember anything else in the episode, so I'm not
1: looking forward uh, okay, to it. I but we'll see what happens. One final thing to say that no one has said on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I because we, we we talk about Lieutenant Brennan a lot, and mm-hmm. nobody talk about his name, which is Mark.
3: Yeah, no, my, Pierce. my partner turned that out to me. Pointed Mark that Pierce out to me yesterday.
1: I, I got the mark and yep. I killed someone. Yep, that's his name, yep. guys. Yep, it was there all along.
3: <laughs> I gave you all the clues, De- Detective Decker. <laughs> Don't
1: overthink it. Well, no,
3: do overthink that it, will, it, you dummies.
0: <laughs> that will wrap up our conversation for today. Thank you to Marcus Keenan and Scotty for hanging out in the Zoom Marcus. and everybody at home. Mark, <gasps> it was all there. We're back tomorrow. Bye. 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 Bye.